Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoy today's program. Of all the items associated with the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the altar is the most easily identified with its New Testament counterpart, for the altar is a clear type of the cross of Jesus Christ. It was here that offerings for God's people to satisfy His righteous demands were made. Nearly all Bible teachers and most Christians understand this parallel, but this picture is only the beginning of all that the altar represents. The details show much, much more. How we thank the Lord for the picture and the ministry that we have today to unveil the picture. And Bob Danker is with us today as we look at the altar of burnt offering in the outer court of the tabernacle. Brother Bob, welcome back to our program. It's good to be back, Chris. Bob, to most people, the altar may seem to be maybe the easiest to understand of all the items that we've looked at in the tabernacle. It's a very clear picture of the cross, and Christians probably feel, by and large, that they have a reasonably good understanding of the cross. But I think our listeners are going to be a little bit surprised today by uh, some of the things that they hear. Yes, Chris, the cross of Christ is the center of everything that God is doing to carry out his eternal plan. And it is also the basis or the foundation for all our Christian experiences. We need to have a clear view of the cross and of what it means to us. And most important, we need to know how the cross can become effective in our daily Christian lives. Well, Bob, we have a uh, marvelous message. We're going to break uh, tradition a little bit. We don't like to have traditions here, but normally we have three sections of uh, speaking by Witness Lee. Today we're going to have four shorter sections, so let's go to the first one now. Let's come to the real significance of the altar. Now, do you think anyone on this earth could understand the cross of Christ thoroughly? The most you can say, well, the cross where Christ was crucified. We know that. This is simple. The well, Christ crucified there bore our sins. And he was crucified that we all have been crucified with him. And even the devil was destroyed here. Well, we know this from the verses. But what is the cross? Anything that is directly concerning the cross, I tell you, is a puzzle, it is really a mystery. The death of Christ is a mystery. After all the studies, after all the considerations, I uh, got a very significant point. That is, without the greeting, there's no way to have the fire. Without the greeting, there's no way to burn the sacrifices. And then without the greeting, you don't have the readings. 
And without the rings, the altar itself just cannot move. So for the burning, for the sacrifices, and for the move of the altar, all the things are depending upon the greeting with the four rings. If you take away the greeting, the altar just becomes an empty box. We have to find out what is the significance of this greeting. This greeting is made of bronze, copper. We all know in typology, copper always signifies God's righteous judgment. And this judgment, it was on the cross as the greeting is within this altar, and this altar signifies a person. Amen. It signifies that God's judgment reached the inner part of Christ. God's judgment upon Christ was not so shallow. The fire, the holy fire that carried out God's judgment was not outside of Christ only but inside. Now I can give you a verse. You all know Psalm 22. That is a psalm on Christ's suffering. That is a psalm firstly telling us what can suffering Christ went through. In verse 14 it says what? When Christ was under God's judgment on the cross his heart was melted. His bones were out of joint, but his heart was melted. Uh, this means he suffered God's judgment inwardly, not just outwardly. Rather, he suffered inwardly much more than what he suffered outwardly. Bob, this is a wonderful point concerning the mysterious death of Christ on the cross. I think most of us are guilty uh, of treating the death of Christ somewhat superficially, at least taking it for granted much of the time. But this word, comparing the altar with the bronze grating, is not just a deep point. It's a point that causes us to realize that we may never fully understand and appreciate the significance of the cross. Yes, Chris, the cross has an element of mystery that we can never fully enter into. Although we have many words in the New Testament that talk about the cross, still there is a mysterious element. But we do have the picture in the Old Testament that helps us. The altar, we have to remember, was made of acacia wood overlaid with bronze. And as we've seen, acacia wood is a picture of the strong and uplifted humanity of Christ. This means that the altar as a picture represents more than just a piece of wood on which the Lord was crucified. It's related, actually, to the Lord Jesus himself as the person. And we could say that the altar is a symbol of Christ, the person, with his all-inclusive death. Now, there's one part of this altar that is very, very meaningful, and that is the grating of the altar. This is the place where the offerings were actually burned. We may say that without the grating, there is no uh, reality, there's no content to the altar. 
The grating was made of bronze, and it was on the inside of the altar. But this grating was attached to four bronze rings at its four corners, and these rings were on the outside of the altar. And these rings had two functions. One was to hold the grating in place so that the sacrifices could be burned on it, and also they functioned to enable the altar to be carried by the children of Israel as they were journeying through the wilderness. But the grating is the place where the sacrifices were offered and they were burned on the altar. So we could say that without the grating and the rings, the altar would be an empty box, and it would lose its power and its significance. So the fact that the grating was located inside the altar is very significant. It means that when Christ was dying on the cross as our substitute, he experienced the holy fire of God's righteous judgment, not only outwardly in his physical sufferings, but also inwardly in his inward parts. It must have been tremendous, the suffering, just physical suffering of Christ on the cross. But yet, there was more than just physical suffering. The fire was burning. The fire of God's judgment was burning in the inward parts of Christ. And this is shown in Psalm 22, verse 14. The psalmist mentions the fact that his bones were all out of joint. Of course, our bones are related to our physical body. This shows that when Christ was crucified on the cross, he suffered physically. Then this verse says that my heart, Christ's heart, was like wax that was melted. This also shows that the fire of God's judgment burned in the inward parts of Christ while he was dying there on the cross. So while the Lord was dying as our substitute, he suffered so much for us. He suffered in his physical body, and he suffered in his inward being from this judgment of God, which he bore for us. This matter of the inward suffering, uh, the fact that this judgment that Christ bore for us on the cross was not something at all superficial or just outward. I think many times as we consider the Lord Jesus there on the cross, Still, even subconsciously, we probably have the idea, yes, outwardly he suffered this death, but really that was God there and he was able to endure. But really, the judgment extended into the inward parts of the man, Jesus. Yes. An incredible picture. Incredible picture, yes. Bob, you mentioned also these rings that were incorporated into the grating, though they were on the outside, they were still attached to the grating. And the rings have very rich significance, which we're going to see in this next section, even uh, some reference to the significance from the New Testament. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You have to realize why at the four corners of the altar are the four rings. There is a strong principle that the rings in typology all refer to the eternal spirit. Now, you have a verse, Hebrew 9.14. Here it says, Christ's blood is more effective than the blood of the cattle. Why his blood is more effective? because he offered himself 
through the eternal spirit. And the eternal spirit is typified by the rings. This means what? The eternal spirit is the power, is the strength, is the efficacy of Christ's redemption. According to record, if you take away the four rings, the entire greeting will drop, drop to the bottom. Now, it's very meaningful. You could talk about the cross. You could talk that you have been crucified with Christ on the cross. You could talk a lot about the death of Christ. Without the spirit, it's all what? It's all empty. Without the eternal spirit, without the four rings, the death of Christ becomes not so effective. What are the four rings? These are the type of the eternal spirit. Who makes Christ's redemption so effective? And who is the power for the move of Christ's cross? I don't know whether you have seen something tonight or not. But I feel quite good. A greeting with four rings. The full redemption of Christ is connected with the eternal spirit. Well, Bob, we heard the reference to Hebrews 9.14 in the New Testament in this section. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God? This verse connects the redeeming death of Christ to the eternal spirit, just as the grate in the altar that we're looking at today was connected to the four bronze rings. Why do we say, Bob, that without this aspect of the spirit as represented by the rings, there would be no power or no effect to the death of Christ? Well, Chris, you know, a ring has no beginning and it has no ending. This is why a ring is used in the Bible to symbolize the eternal spirit. Now, the first function of these four rings was to support the grating, to keep it from falling down to the bottom of the altar. So this is a sign with tremendous significance. It shows us that without the eternal spirit, who is signified by the rings, the cross of Christ would have no effect and no power to save people. Christ offered himself to God on the cross as a man in the flesh. Of course, Christ is God, but when he was dying there, he was dying as a man. And as a man, he was limited by space and time. But Hebrews 9.14 says that Christ offered himself to God through the eternal spirit. And with the eternal spirit, there is no limitation of space and no limitation of time. Because Christ offered himself through the eternal spirit, then the redemption that he accomplished for us on the cross is an eternal redemption. And the effectiveness of his death also is eternal. For example, we know that Christ died at a point in time 2,000 years ago. But in the eyes of God, according to Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. This means that his death 
fully removed the sin of the world, including the sins that were committed before he died and those that were committed after he died. His redemption and the effectiveness of his death is eternal because he offered himself to God through the eternal spirit. Now, because of this, we, the believers, can have the full assurance that the cross of Christ will never lose its power and its effectiveness, even for eternity. So if we read the end of the Bible, even in the new heaven and new earth, the Lord Jesus will be there as the Lamb of God. This is a testimony that the effectiveness of his death will continue for all eternity. Bob, you mentioned a moment ago that the rings also had the function of enabling the altar to be transportable, movable. It moved when the tabernacle moved. An interesting point, we're going to spend just a minute, we're going to have a very short section of Witness Lee talking about the fire in the altar, even during the time of the move, never went out. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You have to realize when the altar in the engine time was moving or traveling through the wilderness, why it was traveling, the fire inside was still burning. The fire on the altar was never seized. And that fire was not initiated by human hands. The Bible tells us it came down from the heavens. It was burning there all the time through the journey in the wilderness. Couldn't you realize something? That is, while the redemption of Christ, that is the cross, is being praised, there the fire burns. Today, these two things are going on at the same time. One is the burning fire. The other is the moving spirit. If you have the burning, you have the moving. If you have the moving, you have the burning. Amen. <laughs> it's quite meaningful. Well, Bob, let's talk about this meaning. The fire inside the altar was always burning, even as the altar was moving about during the long journey of the children of Israel through the wilderness. What does this signify? Well, Chris, the move of the altar signifies the move of Christ's cross through the preaching of the gospel. So this means that whenever we preach the gospel, the gospel of Christ and the gospel of Christ's redemption to others, then the fire on the altar must be kept burning. There should be the burning of the fire of God's judgment in our preaching. If there's no fire burning, then that means there's no effectiveness of what the Lord accomplished on the cross. Witness Lee mentioned a verse in Romans, which is very significant here. This is Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. It says, We should not be slothful in zeal, but we should be burning in spirit, serving the Lord as a slave. While we are preaching the gospel to others, telling them about Christ and his cross, we need to be burning in our spirit. The fire is now in our spirit. And this fire is linked to the Holy Spirit. Of course, we know as believers, the Holy Spirit now dwells in our spirit. So when we exercise our spirit as we preach the gospel, then there is a fire burning in our preaching. 
that touches people and that helps them to receive the effectiveness of Christ's cross. But if there's no fire in our preaching, that means no fire in our spirit as we preach, then others may not be able to believe. Hmm. Well, Bob, let's go back to Witness Lee for a final section. We're going to stay on this point about the moving of God through the picture of the ark and the tabernacle. Now we come to the most. You have two poles in four rings. We all know two means a testimony. And the very strange and interesting thing is this, when the Lord sent his disciple to preach always two by two as a testimony. And these two poles in the four rings are strong evidences that the altar was not carried by a kind of a mule wagon, not carried by any cattle. The way the poles are put signifies that the altar was always carried by persons upon their shoulders. Today, we must realize that the preaching of the cross must be by persons. Not only by persons, but by persons in testimony, by persons in coordination. Always in coordination, the believers carry the redemption of Christ to the four corners of the earth. It should be by living persons in coordination as a kind of testimony. I believe what the Lord wants to show us is the matter of the power of the Spirit Amen. for both the burning and the moving. Christ here is very meaningful, and God's judgment is upon him, and he was judged not just outwardly, but also inwardly, and the eternal spirit is also here, linked to his full redemption. And this is for burning within, and this is also for moving without. And today, the cross is just presented, praised in this way, in the burning and moving way by the eternal spirit. And we who preach this cross must be living persons in coordination, bearing a testimony. Then we are qualified to carry this altar in its journey. It is traveling today on this earth and goes to everywhere upon our shoulders with the burning inside and the moving outside. Hallelujah. Bob, we've seen today that the move of the altar represents God's move on the earth today. The preaching of Christ, the preaching of the cross, his redemption must always be moving. And further, it must always be accompanied by this burning spirit. What does it mean that the ones carrying the altar must be those persons in living coordination and bearing the testimony? 
Well, Chris, you know, uh, when the Lord appointed the 12 apostles and he sent them out, he always sent them out two by two. And in the Bible, the number two signifies a testimony. This shows us that our preaching of Christ and his redemption should not be an individualistic matter, something we do independently of others. We should preach Christ with others in coordination so that we bear a living testimony that Christ's cross has solved all our problems with God and has removed all the barriers between us and all the believers and has made us one body in Christ. The gospel has to be preached by the body, not just by individual believers. This is the principle that the Lord has set up. And the Lord even told us that it is this kind of testimony of our oneness in Christ that is a result of the cross of Christ that causes the world to believe that the Father sent the Son. So we should never be individualistic in our preaching of Christ, but we should carry the altar with other believers in oneness, in a testimony of oneness. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more about these two 20th century New Testament ministers, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, That's lsm.org. Thank you for listening today.